You're listening to the Wizard Factory Audio Podcast, streaming now from Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. Welcome back. You are watching the Wizard Factory podcast for another fresh, hot, tasty episode coming at you. Today, we're going to be uh, tackling sort of a second half or part two, if you will, of this concept of trapped in tunnel vision. So as we sort of introduced last week, this is a dynamic that we see people are sort of trapped in this uh, one side or another polarized dialectic. And, you know, we introduced the, the dialectic uh, dynamic in general in the uh, black and white, black and white episode recently. And uh, in this one, we're just kind of like taking the magnifying glass into one of the uh, specific topics here. Um, and, and this is all about having holistic consciousness right so we you know taking it back we we're looking at on a fundamental level our spiritual purpose here as human beings is to expand our consciousness and what is consciousness if not awareness so you're not going to be getting the full picture you're not going to be getting the full gains from leveling up that consciousness if you're only looking at one side of the coin or another so last week we looked at the sort of love and light aspect where the new agers who tend to sort of you know metaphorically bury their head in the sand and just think positive thoughts and think that that's going to be you know good you know as a as a one-size-fits-all approach to life it has its place of course and that's really what we're trying to stress here is that as spoken in the Kabbalion, all truths are but half truths. so we're not really demonizing any of these things that we're talking about necessarily is that we're pointing out that you have to caveat and and counterbalance these uh these actions or or you know ideals with with this the, the other side of the spectrum and, and in a lot of ways this is very much a sort of a masculine and feminine or left brain right brain dynamic going on so just real briefly for those who are not familiar the left and right hemispheres of the brain correlate to the yin and yang energies which are just inherent forces of the universe they're found in Every, every conceivable thing contains these two, like a battery, positive and negative. You know, it's just everywhere in nature. And um, and so the left and right hemispheres uh, correlate and reflect these. So the right brain would be the feminine side. And if you are in a right brain imbalance where you're using your right side more than your left, you're going to probably fall into that sort of love and light new agey thing that we you know uh looked at last week so this week is sort of the other side where you have the doom and gloom instead of love and light you have everything is doom and gloom right and um you know and that would be the imbalanced keyword there masculine so it's not just saying that masculine is bad or feminine is bad it's when you have one without the other to counterbalance it this is what you get is is a fear-based mindset because think about it what is the the left brain is ruled by 
the the ego, the brain stem or the, the R complex of the brain, which is all about survival. And, you know, that correlates to sort of that masculine role of being a protector, a provider, one who acquires and, and maintains resources and things like that. That's a good thing. You know, we're not demonizing that. It's that when you're only seeing everything as a survival situation and that everything is hostile and that there's not enough resources that keeps you in this uh, scarcity mindset, you know, that's a really toxic place to be. And so, you know, that's sort of in a nutshell uh, what we're getting into tonight. So before I ramble on too much more, Brian, do you want to riff on that a little bit? <clears throat> yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so essentially, you know, again, we're going to be looking at the doom and gloom side of things. So really looking at, you know, and this is what we refer to as doom and gloom, but the kind of perspective or worldview that everything is just, you know, evil. We're only stuck on this prison planet, you know, like getting, you know, really stuck into the conspiracy mindset of, you know, there's just this evil elite class of people that run the world and they're just controlling everything and we have no freedom. And, you know, this whole kind of very just stuck on a very dark or a negative worldview um, in the sense. And that's not to say that obviously there aren't those things going on in the world, but we're looking at just only focusing on that and staying stagnant in that mindset and why that can become toxic and unhealthy. Right. So, absolutely. Know, that, you know, that kind of leads into, you know, the first point that we wanted to bring up was really the whole, the whole kind of conspiracy mindset. And this is one that a lot of people, you know, in the, you know, the anarchist community or the freedom movement or whatever label you'd like to throw on it, you know, have probably not only definitely seen and experienced in others, but have probably experienced themselves. Like when you really first start to go through the awakening process on the, we could say kind of the political side of things, you know, you start looking at the, our physical reality field and, you know, how government is, you know, essentially slave government is slavery and, you know, there's, you know, groups of people that obviously, you know, are dark cultists that they, they very much have the goal of, you know, trying to control human beings and, you know, make them do exactly what they want for their benefit. So we see that, you know, there's obviously a lot of conspiracies out there. And the problem is when people stop using discernment and then they get stuck in this mindset to where they, they see everything as a conspiracy or that's all they want to focus on. So where like, even in like any social situation, they find a way. And I know this is something that I struggled with myself, you know, in some of my earlier stages. And I know Logan, you mentioned that you did as well, that even if it's just like a normal conversation with friends and family, you'll find a way to mix a conspiracy in there. And then people kind of give you a, a funny look and on the side of, of people who are trying to expose conspiracies, you know, there is that kind of that meme that you see around, like, you know, when, when you start bringing up truth at a party and then, you know, there's all these people kind of looking at them real funny and they think it's just because these people are just dumb sheep or they don't want the truth, but that's, that's not really necessarily true. They could just be giving you that look because you're finding a way to make everything just so, you know, the world's just this evil place. And after, dark. Exactly. And after a while, people will only put up with so much of that. So right. the right. key with this mindset, you know, or to, to be able to look at this from a, a healthy place, a healthy mindset is to be able to look with discernment and see that, yes, there are conspiracies. There are things that do go on, but not everything is a conspiracy and using our discernment to figure out what, what it is and also recognizing as well that even though there are these things only focusing on those or only you know putting all your time and attention on those that's excessive at some point exactly you can become very 
very stagnant. And, you know, I think a lot of that can, you know, and we can hit on this more a little later too, is how a lot of that can come back to a need to want to have that victim mentality. Right. Because then it allows you to, you know, put the excuse, you know, and that responsibility outside of yourself that, oh, there's just this evil system and I was born into it and none of it's my fault, you know. Right. And this is a topic that we, we kind of uh, actually introduced in the very first episode when we launched our podcast in the episode mm-hmm. entitled Bullies on the Playground, where we're talking about how, you know, this place is a school, a place for learning and advancement and a playground where literally you can create any like dude wh- how magical is that you can yeah. create anything you want whatever it's you want just that the the playground has some bullies on it and they're ruining the fun for everybody else but only if you let them and that's the key point that we're you know we're getting at here is staying stuck in the victim mentality of well well now there's bullies and you just sit on the monkey bars and you're you're you don't want to play anymore and you just sit around just stewing about oh they just walk around like they own the place and blah 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 and you're literally letting them steal your joy and your enjoyment out of life life and in a way, wouldn't that be kind of like letting them win? Even if, yeah, you're all about awareness and, and knowing what's going on in the world, which is extremely important, I mean, invaluable. But if you're allowing them to rob you of your joy in life, I mean, you might as well just roll over and die because what's the fucking point at that point, you know? Like, uh, And then, you know, like, like Brian uh, said, this is something that we've both personally been through in the stages of the the swinging of the pendulum you know i was religious and then very atheist and then i got into the conspiracies and it was very dark and negative and that's when i started kind of swinging into the new age and then found like the occult and natural law and anarchy and things like that where you're sort of finally finding your center but you're still taking pieces and bits of stuff uh, from that journey along with you what actually has value and continues to serve so again we're not demonizing everything about the new age we're not saying you know we're not like totally making fun of conspiratards or whatever they're called that you know (laughs) some of them are very mock worthy for sure but um you know we can go head to head with the best of them talking about conspiracies because we we are informed it's just that we don't live in that place of constantly fixating on what they're doing to us and this victim mentality all the time every you know they're poisoning us you know all this kind of stuff yeah and what that brings up for me too is that you know when you're staying in this mindset of you know you think there's this this group of people that are running the world and they have all this power and all this control it put it drops you down into a place of fear so you're stuck in that you know that r complex or you know you get stuck Mm. into that imbalance left brain where you're trying to always you know discern what is a threat what's not a threat how do i stay safe what is good what is evil you know and you kind of get stuck there um but you know like i think you had a great thing there when you said you know don't let them rob you of your joy you know because we've talked about before you know what happens you know with laughter you start you pull yourself literally up into your higher brain Mm. you know and a lot of times with you know some of these conspiracies or some of the fear-based mindsets or victim mentalities once you can actually step back from that and kind of laugh at yourself a little bit, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of things that I used to hold as, you know, belief systems that like I held as truth that now as I, you know, kind of speak about them, I can kind of look back and laugh at myself and realize that, no, I was really just kind of unconsciously sabotaging myself because I was allowing me to play the victim and distance the responsibility away from myself and put all the blame out there instead of, 
turning the finger inward and what can I do? Where am I on my journey and how can I come to know thyself deeper? Exactly. It all has to come back to self-empowerment. If you're so fixated on what they're doing to us, you're, you're forgetting what you, what power you actually have. Right. But you know, an analogy that I like to kind of think about this dynamic to, to show you that line of balance between the two is like, say carrying a weapon on you, for example. So, you know, being somebody who can carries a concealed pistol or something like that, for example, that that means that you are somebody who understands and accepts that there is evil in the world. You're not a fool. You're not naive. You understand that there are bad people out there with bad intentions. You carry a weapon for your own protection, and you can think of the weapon as sort of a metaphor for knowledge in, in a way, like arming yourself with the knowledge to navigate through all the bullshit and trickery and, and booby traps that they have for us. But at the same time, just because you carry that gun doesn't mean you're going around like, oh, oh, there's bad people and like looking around every single corner, like just waiting for somebody to come and pounce on you. You know, mm -hmm. that's a, that, those are two completely different states of mind. And, you know, it's all principle of mentalism is, is number one there. So, right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, very much so. Um, and the next little thing that, you know, we're wanting to kind of look at here is, you know, th this idea, and this kind of can, can tie in with the conspiracy thing, is this mindset that we're all slaves or that this this planet is just a prison planet and that, you know, or just that, it, you know, it's just this matrix to keep us trapped in these physical bodies and away from our pure self or you know, this whole kind of mindset. And there, there's a few different places where these mindsets play out, but they all kind of have a, a same root foundational assumption behind there. And that it's that you're a victim and you're trapped and that you don't have the, you know, you don't really have the power to be able to, to change that reality. Um, so the idea that, you know, because, because there's government stuff that we're just all slaves and there's not really anything to do about it and we don't, we don't really have freedom. Well, that's, you know, that's only a half truth. You know, mm. yes, there is a control system. Yeah, there are a lot of things that you absolutely you don't really have the freedom to do without a consequence. But at the same time, what always remains the free will. So just because and we've mentioned this before, just because there is a potential consequence doesn't mean that you still aren't free to choose. You know, um, it just comes with the risk. And I mean, that's right. life that that would be around even if there wasn't a government or a system. If there right. would still be there would still be consequences and potential risk for the choices you make because that that's a universal law. It's built, you know, cause and effect. It's built into the universe. So right. So like, you know, I've mentioned this before. I like to look at a prison as a sort of a little microcosm of of like environment and how these things can play out. Because even in prison, which is the most controlled environment that we know about that we can possibly create where there's guards at every corner watching you take a shit for you know god's sake like even then they can't keep crime and bad people from doing bad things or just in general people from doing what they want they can smuggle things in they can get things that they're not supposed to have so yes there are police about yes they're enforcing laws to some extent and that that is a real thing but as a half truth 
by and large, most of that enslavement and prison and government is all in the mind. And as soon as you make the choice to not live in fear and live your life the way the fuck you want to live it and, and not worry about is it legal or whatever, um, that is where your true freedom and empowerment comes from because, yeah, you can't just snap your fingers and make the government disappear, but you can choose to live you know, with empowerment through your day-to-day choices. It's those little choices in life that count and add up the most over time, you know? Exactly, because, you know, we can look and, you know, you know, this is a, a dynamic that we can look at and we can objectively see that, you know, for example, when I woke up this morning, there was still a system out there and there's still people that pay taxes and, you know, there were still, you know, uh, road pirates out there harassing people, you know, but I can also look at the objective fact that when I woke up this morning, I woke up when I chose. I did my ritual whenever I wanted to. I played with my son when I wanted to. You know, there's there's all these free will choices that we've made, uh, and no one's stopping you from those. Mm-hmm. So to say that you're just a total slave and, you know, to only stay stuck in that mindset that this is just a prison and this life is so horrible, um, you know, that, that's a very negative place to be. That's not too... You know, again, we're not saying don't acknowledge those things, but also recognize that you have the free will decision to be able to live fearlessly as a spiritual warrior, as we've talked about, even if that involves potential consequences, you know, those consequences being that that government may, mm. uh, you know, for, you know, for example, I've, you know, been disobeying, you know, uh, my fair share for more than a few years now. And, you know, when I was in California, you know, I was I was running my grow out there and everything. And, yeah, I had the cops show up with MRAPs. And, you know, probably 30 of them and they, you know, pointed guns at me and raided me. And, yeah, I've had those consequences play out, but I'm still here and I'm still disobeying. And, you know, you can it doesn't mean that one event will happen to you or that lots of things will happen to you. But still in every moment in that present moment, stay there and choose whether or not you're going to obey out of fear or you're going to live fearlessly with your free will and choose to disobey. Mm. Right. Absolutely. So the, what we're really stressing here is, um, you know, be aware of, of what's going on in the world. Be informed by all means. That knowledge is power. But make your focus on what can you actually do in your own life? What right. freedoms do you have that you can take on a day-to-day basis? For example, you could choose to click the thumbs up button and help our <laughs> channel grow. And that would really help us out and spread the message of freedom. So don't be a victim. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so and then, you know, another thing that's kind of plays into here is, you know, and again, something that I've definitely been guilty of to some degree throughout my journey, which I'm, I'm not currently, you know, stuck in this place anymore, is just viewing everything like entertainment wise, you know, movies, uh, TV shows, even football, for example, I'm not a sports fan, but you know, there's definitely this big stigma of, you know, sports ball and statism because of the Roman Colosseum and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, yes, there's some, some truth to that, but at the same time, it's just a game. It's just entertainment. You're allowed to have fun. You're allowed to enjoy and just be dumb once in a while and just turn your brain off and, you know, kick back and enjoy like with hanging with your friends and family or whatever. And, you know, that sort of thing, this idea that it's all mind control and it's all like satanic and, you know, cause Hollywood is dark and, and yes, I mean, there's, there's definitely 
subliminal messages in movies. And guess what? The more that you study the sim the symbolism and things like that, the more immune you are to it, and you can actually get joy study out of picking, yeah, picking yeah. that stuff apart and getting the rich allegory. That there's so many beautiful stories in movies that you know, like V for Vendetta or Cloud Atlas or The Matrix or you know movies like that that actually are very rich with uh spiritual philosophical knowledge that you can get and you know remember that um learning and it, when it comes to like programming is reached through your subconscious mind so me just you know some somebody just telling you the truth or just giving you some advice or whatever that's going to really go through the filter of your left brain and your ego and all your belief system and everything like that. But when you watch it through allegory, when, when there's a story playing out and you have an emotional connection to the characters, that's the feminine side of the brain. You know, you're, you're connecting it. it. It makes you feel things, you know, and you're seeing it in action rather than just being told a theory or something. You're going to learn those lessons a lot more deeply. This is why they use fairy tales and, and fables to teach children, because children are just wide open and very susceptible to uh, suggestion and, and things like that. So, you know, um, Brian, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, definitely. You know, like, as you said, this was something that, you know, we both struggled with ourselves that at one point, you know, I was very much in the mindset that, you know, I any kind of like really like and not all out, but, you know, that most of the movies, you know, uh, coming out of Hollywood are all mind control or that, you know, music and just kind of getting myself to a place where I, you know, again, I'm stuck in this doom and gloom mindset and I was really robbing myself of joy. And, you know, this is something that as I, you know, worked with Venus, um, and, you know, more, some more of that goddess energy I've, I've been working through and that, that I'll touch on that more later in the talk here. You've been playing with your Venus again, Brian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, you know, that was something that I realized that, you know, especially as I was studying astrology, that it's not just, you know, that the things in this material world, this body, they're not just these evil things, that it's totally okay to enjoy the pleasurable things in life. So if you want to go watch a movie, don't beat yourself up over it. Just go enjoy the fucking movie. You know, right. you don't have to just constantly be, you know, or, you know, and this was one that I used to do a lot that, you know, uh, if I saw other people doing it, like, oh, that's just mind control. You're just, you know, dumb sheep or whatever. Well, that just kind of makes people think you're an asshole. And they realize that you're you're stuck in this state of being angry all the time and you've just forgotten how to have fun and how to have joy. And, right. you know, laughter and joy, those are, you know, some of the, the purest and most wonderful states of being that we, we could experience here. Mm. So to rob yourself of that, like you said earlier, that's really just letting them win. You know, you're letting them keep you in a state of mind where you're disempowered and you're it, in fear. Well, and it keeps, the entire it keeps system you, runs on fear and you're right. just playing right into that. Yeah. And, and it, well, again, it keeps you in that state of, you're either thinking about the things that happened in the past, what the government's done or what they're going to do. And you're robbing yourself of that present, mm. of that now. You know, Very that's good point. another thing that brought up for me there. Yeah. If anything, I could, you know, maybe balance this and caveat this a bit is uh, I definitely think a lot of the very mainstream popular music, uh, you know, pop, country and rap, the, the, you know, top 40 stuff is inherently very toxic. I think that mm. music has been weaponized to a point that, I mean, it's there's all these hidden frequencies and subliminal messaging and stuff that even if you're hip to it, like 
I can hear it happening and still after a few songs I literally feel physically ill and I'm like I got to get away from this shit like you know that that that's one thing where I literally can't you know I can't even tolerate it uh but not every movie is like that is what we're you know like for example TV shows on Netflix you know like Dexter or something like that you know really good stuff but you know it's country music if you play the song backwards they get all their shit back <laughs> and their dog comes back to life. <laughs> Zombie dog. Zombie dog. <laughs> the next little uh, kind of couple ideas we wanted to hit on here, um, uh, and and this one that we, we you know we've talked about recently before, so we won't spend too much time on it here. But the idea of money, you know, and we've we've talked about this idea before, where a lot of people will take kind of this doom and gloom stance on money that it's all satanic or it's all you know, it's only mind control or it's only evil. And, you know, it's just, an, it's just inherently flawed or inherently evil to, you know, go after money or to charge for services or whatever that may be. Um, and, you know, we just want to bring it up, not so much to get in money's discussion, but just looking at that mindset of just only looking at something as kind of and from this doom and gloom perspective, you know, on the flip side, we could kind of look at it where people, you know, they demonize, you know, guns or whatever or the weapon themselves when it's just a tool, but then they're saying, Oh, that's all inherently evil or, you know, and it's just staying stuck and, you know, on one side of this without being able to look at the other side and then find the balance in between. Right. But then another side that that kind of leads into is this idea of minimalism. So a lot of people that may take this idea that money's all evil may then as out of a reaction to that, try to go to where they're living a minimalist lifestyle. And, you know, Mm -hmm. again, I was a back, you know, when I, did my kind of hero's journey and went to find myself, I backpacked around. So I definitely lived this lifestyle for a while and very much enjoy it, very useful. And there's nothing wrong with it, but the idea that you have to be a minimalist uh, in order to be a spiritual person or something like that, again, you know, nothing wrong if that's what you choose to do. But at the same time, if people don't want to choose that, that doesn't mean that they are, you know, satanic or evil or, you know, whatever that may be. Right. You can kind of see, in in fact, how this exact thing is polarizing people to one, you know, one extreme or the other where, you know, you got your preppers that are like so concerned with the shit hitting the fan that they're, you know, stocking up and on canned food and water and bullets. And, and, and yeah. And again, there's nothing wrong with that inherently, but, you know, that it's that imbalance. Whereas on the other side of things, it's like, okay, now you're woke, you know, you drink your woke cola and you see that the Federal Reserve is a big, you know, Ponzi scheme or whatever. And now you just think all money is evil and we just need to like, you know, live in poverty and just like, you know, deal with the, the currency of love is the only one that matters. And again, we're, you know, we're not discounting that you can be. Uh, uh, spiritually and emotionally abundant as well as physically. Those two don't have to be mutually independent of each other necessarily. You know, that's just a false black and white dialectic way of looking at it, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So like uh, another thing, you know, that uh, Brian and I discussed here is, you know, we, you can observe, I've literally heard this said quite a few times, you know, on Facebook and things like that. We're like, everything we've ever been taught is a lie. 
it, it's such that that like extremist absolute you know we talked in the in the black and white episode about absolutism and that's what trauma does to the ego is it, it deals in absolutes and it's like it's either all or nothing and there's no in between you know like it's all dark-sided it's all evil it's all out to get us and everything we've been told is a lie <laughs> you know it's just an, it's 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 extreme is is what it is. Right. Yes, we've been lied to about a very great many things, and especially things that are just generally sort of accepted as normal in mainstream society, like you know the government is good and circumcision is healthy and and just things like that that are normalized. But but like just think about that for example. How stupid do you think people are if if like if they literally lied about everything? we would figure it out. The The reason that the, the system works is because they find that perfect balance between lies and truth. Like look at the media, for example. Usually there's a little grain of truth to the stories that they're pushing. They spin it to their agenda. And yes, they do completely fabricate some of their stories completely th just from scratch. But a lot of them, they take that little bit of truth and then they spin it and twist it to their agenda. But that doesn't mean everything's totally a lie. That's why you have to be able to have your own ability to, to discern truth from you know falsehood and make your own decisions. About, no one else can tell you what's real better than you can. You know, mm -hmm. trusting somebody else is the same as like Christianity is just putting all your faith in a book. Like this is the end all be all of truth. All I need to do is believe everything in this book and I'll be fine. Or atheists do the same thing with science. Well. We know the Bible's bullshit, but these guys in white lab coats look super legit. So let's just trust everything that they have to say, even though the scientific method has been so ridiculously bastardized in the mainstream, you know, communities and everything like that. Everybody wants to be kind of just spoon fed, w told what to believe, told what the truth is, rather than actually thinking for themselves and, and making up their own damn mind and having original thought about it, you know. Right. Bit of a rant there, but you know, I just that's a perfect example of those absolutist statements that get thrown around, uh, you know, all over the place, and people just don't really seem to be thinking about what they're actually saying. Like, you really hear yourself talking when you say that, you know? It's 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 absurd. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's again, just take you know that wounded eagle coming from a place of trauma. You know. You know when they wake up to some of these things that they see that oh they're obviously really evil and they're horrible going on. So then they feel like everything they were ever taught was a lie. But when you can kind of step back from that knee jerk reaction or that traumatized reaction and start really questioning that and breaking it down, you can see that's that's not really totally true. Um, right. And like, like, so just to throw out another example to, to you know, further, um, you know, uh, drive the point home uh, is, is like, say, if somebody has a wounded ego, they have a wounded sense of self, you know, they were probably, you know, really like emotionally abused when they were young or whatever. And then they make a mistake. And rather than saying, oh, man, I fucked up. What do they say? I'm just, I just suck. I'm just a failure. See, see that they're, they're jumping from the, oh, I made a mistake. Yes, let's acknowledge that. They jump all the way past that to the just the most. I'm a total fuck up. up and, like, I'm yeah. a total failure. I don't know why I bother. You know, it's this, oh, poor me. I'm such a victim. Like, you know, I can't do anything right kind of thing. That would just be one of many examples that this kind of can manifest. So, right. And the next little thing that, you know, we kind of wanted to look at here, and this is a subject that we, you know, we touch on and hit on a lot, and eventually we're, we're going to be doing a lot more in depth 
on, you know, we'll be making a whole documentary just on the subject, but this is, you know, Christianity and, you know, how, you know, over the last 2000 years, monotheism and the specific, especially here in the West, you know, and in the United States, the Christian mindset of the Abrahamic traditions is the one that's been very heavily promoted and has seeped into all the deepest corners of our society. So a lot of people, you know, have mindsets or belief systems that are at, even if they're not necessarily Christian, those actually or have they, their roots in modern. Or they think that they're not religious, or they think that they know that religion's bullshit, yet they're still subscribing to. Right. You know, so, and and this idea would be, you know, the the idea of original sin in Christianity very much fits into this doom and gloom mindset. You know, this mm-hmm. idea that we're all just inherently evil, we're all inherently sinners, we'll never be good enough, and that. You know, the earth is just the devil's playground where you have to be tested in this physical body. And it's it's only until you get to heaven, then then things will get better. And But this place is just kind of here as a test ground or a punishment for the devil to be able to run around. And, you know, again, I like to look at sin as self-imposed negativity because that's a mindset that you have to use your free will choice to accept. And whenever you accept that mindset, you're imposing that negativity on yourself. Hmm. But that idea that all human beings are just sinful or evil right off the bat, I mean, like, as a parent... Because of what a few evil fucks are doing somewhere else in the world. Right. Well, and as a parent, this, you know, it was one of the thoughts that when I first had my son, I was first looking at him, it it just hit me really hard. I was like, you know, how, how could anyone look at, like, their innocent child, like, in their arms, you know, and just think that they're in... Just because they're born, they're inherently flawed and evil. Like, what a disempowered mindset it's a very doom and gloom mindset that you know everybody's just an inherently a sinner inherently evil and the only way you know this little baby's ever going to be good enough is if it accepts some blood sacrifice that happened a long time ago and you know so on and so forth and you know this is a huge subject into itself again like i said we're we're going to be doing a a very extensive in-depth documentary series Mm -hmm. just on the subject so we won't delve too deeply into it but just that idea of original sin. And then we can kind of take that and, and carry it over to, you know, where say people maybe go to the, the atheist mindset. And a lot of them will take the mindset that you hear this a lot of the times, human beings are a virus. Mm. Very similar. All all human beings are evil. All human beings are simple. Human beings are a virus, you know, two statements, but very much saying the same thing, even though they're coming from people who are supposedly, opposite right, different belief systems right it's that. all misanthropic this is the word misanthropic is where you right. have a uh, inherent self-loathing uh extended out towards the whole human species right and again it's like they're they're just seeing the evil that's going on in the world just because they're quote-unquote running the world it's all you could see it's so big in your vision that you just assume the whole world is like that and that, you know, and, and that's the story that the news is selling, that everyone is evil and, and it's a scary place and people are losing their minds and punching Nazis and all this crazy stuff. It's just this chaos out there that you – well, and, you know, a lot of conspiracy people, A, tend to be Christians because they're like, well, the devil's real and we got it, you know, and then, like, they're looking into, you know, the proof – their proof, their confirmation bias that the devil is real and that the world is just the devil's playground and that their faith in God is the only thing, you know, insulating them from that that evil. 
and that it's not so much about them taking action to actually fix it, as long as they can just hold out long enough till the rapture comes and Jesus is going to come down in his chariot and swoop us all away and take us to heaven because we're good believers and we're obedient. You know, and that's just that's just the, the very disempowered and anti-sovereignty right. uh, and mindset. The next one I was wanting to hit on with this here that can also tie in is this this idea that we talked about a little bit in the beginning that this, you know, we're stuck or we're trapped in a matrix or we've been put in these physical bodies mm. as a way of, you know, just staying trapped so other beings can, you know, just siphon all of our energy and things like that. That's also a very... I would say, you know, doom and gloom mindset to, to have, it's a very unhealthy or a toxic worldview to think that this place is in, I mean, to me, you know, especially being, you know, a pagan and having great respect for mother earth and, and that mother goddess and archetype, what a disrespectful mindset to take towards, you know, mother earth. I mean, if, think about just the utter fucking miracle that we, we're these fleshy beings living on a spinning rock, you know, out in the galaxy. And yet the perfect conditions for us to exist are here. We have all the things that we need, but yet we're going to act like we're just victims and we're trapped. Like, you know, that, you know, mother, we're, we're, this is just a prison and I'm stuck here. It, like, you know, when I was, we were talking the other day, I was, I used the example of like a toddler, you know, when they're, they're throwing a fit and they like go to the corner and they'll just like turn purple and scream at the top of their lungs, you know, but they're only over there because they're throwing a fit. No one's making them stay there. Like they're just there because of their choice and they're upset. Right. But as soon as they stop doing that, they can pull themselves out of that corner. Mm. Well, that's right. kind of what we see here is with this victim mindset that, you know, you're feeling like you're in this physical body or, you know, humans are a virus. So, and this is another phrase we hear a lot. I, I don't want to be one of them. You know, mm -hmm. I, just don't I don't want, there's that me that meme that said, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. That was right. Yeah. Popular. Or people want to identify with fucking aliens or whatever the fuck it is, you know, because yeah. they're, they have such a negative worldview of their own species, you know, and just mm -hmm. of this planet again. But again, you know, why, why look at mother Earth being here as a prison or a punishment when it really is such an absolutely amazing gift and opportunity that we as infinite consciousness have been able to come here to limit ourselves into this physical body in order to have this experience to do the alchemical work and to be able to have all these experience and learn all these lessons and raise our awareness our consciousness and at the same time that of the universe around us i mean uh, very disrespectful to kind of stay you know to of that give that opportunity to just stay in that victim mindset all the time Right. Absolutely. And um, that the second point that I was going to bring up when, you know, I, I said, first of all, Christians tend or sorry, truthers tend to be uh, a lot of the time, not always, but uh, there's a lot of Christian truthers. There's a lot of overlap with that. Um, but they also tend to still be very minarchist where they believe in the, you know, uh, the, the values of like what the country was founded in, in God, we trust, you know, that sort of thing, like one nation under God. Well, sure, the government's bad, but we, we just need to clean house. And, you know, that's where Trump, you know, drain the swamp. This this idea of like minarchy is like, you know, we need government to keep the government at bay. It's this <laughs> totally crazy. The federally like, protected swamp. Backwards. Land, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. And 
and so another example of like where we said everything we've been taught is a lie areas you see this kind of thing uh, showing up is like people that believe that hitler was actually the good guy he didn't kill anyone he was actually trying to save the world from the jews you know like uh you know that that every person in in um that every person in Hollywood and music and entertainment are all transgenders. Like if they're a man, they were born a woman and vice versa, or else they don't get to be on the world stage or something like how, how uh, I, 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 you know, and don't get me wrong. I definitely think there are probably a lot more trannies than, sorry if that's not a PC word, transgender people that I, um, I'm not trying to disrespect, disrespect transgenders. Anyways, I'm simply pointing out that there are people that just, they, and they, and there's that obsessive, you know, word again, where they, they post pictures of like, you know, funny angles and like looking at the bone structure, you know, and they post this stuff nonstop. They're obsessed with like exposing all the transgenders in, in Hollywood and stuff. And I just, you know, it, it, that's such a waste of energy, in my opinion. Like, what are you really, are you really making the world a better place with all that? Like, wouldn't you be better off, like, going and gr growing some vegetables in your garden or something? Like, Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, this is something, you know, that, you know, we, we hit on a little bit before, too, but, you know, the, this whole, you know, humans are a virus mindset, or I don't want to be part of them you know mm -hmm. they're all dumb sheep but whenever you kind of get into that mindset and you accept that worldview is like a foundational because remember you know taking back to the trivium process everything's built off that foundational knowledge assumption belief system mentalism <clears throat> exactly it starts from that state of mind so when you're you're accepting that as a foundational state of mind that you're putting everything else through the filter of that you again you rob yourself of that ability to really have joy and you know, I noticed this in myself. So again, don't think mm -hmm. that we're we're just pointing these things out from you know behavior we've seen in others. These are things that we've experienced ourselves, and they were hangups that we had that we had to work through. Because I noticed when I stayed stuck in that mindset, you know, not only did I act like a total asshole towards everybody, but I robbed myself of my joy, and I was robbing other people joy around me because I was just being such a buzzkill. Yeah, projecting my own fear and insecurities of feeling like a victim because, you know, you find out there's the system and then all of a sudden you feel so powerless. You're like, I was lied to my whole life. I was, there's the system that's keeping me under control and it, it, it makes you traumatized to recognize, you know, the first stage of the outcome process is the blackening. And, you know, that's a very dark phase to go through. But the key is to not, you know, and this is another point that we had is to, to not stay in the anger of that awakening that yes it's totally normal to have that as a stage to recognize that to feel those emotions but emotions are energy in motion we need to allow them to be felt expressed and then moved on but if you're staying stagnant in one you know you've got yourself stuck and again we talked about this in nature stagnation is death so right. if you're you know if you're staying emotionally stagnant you know, you're, you're really killing yourself emotionally and spiritually, you know, psychologically, and you're going to continue to suppress those things, you know, further and further, you know, into the subconscious and then into the unconscious. And before you know it, you're going to open up that, that ghost door, that feedback loop in the unconscious realm that, you know, we've talked about, which if you haven't seen our episodes on that, you know, go check that out. We talked, you know, um, I think one was chasing the tail dogma and the other one was called the unconscious feedback loop, but we go through, 
Norse mythology, and this is also seen in the Taoist uh, mythology with the Bagua or the Eight Gates, that between the Southwest and the Northeast, there's this ghost door. And when there's unconscious trauma there, it opens up that ghost door for your demons to be able to move into your belief system. And then they then infect the ego, the subconscious mind, the actions feed into the unconscious. And it just creates this feedback loop that people can become stuck in. And there you see, and you know, if you're familiar with this concept, which you introduce, you see that it, it does affect your ability to relate to other people, which is the, right. the world of the West there. It's a perfect example right there. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can, we, when you mentioned the, uh, the anger thing, what that brought up for me is how that's another perfect example of the, the way in which we're being manipulated through these dialectics where people are being polarized to one or the other. So again, last week we talked about anger in our Love and Light episode, but in that context, what, what do um, you know, the, ideo- the followers of the New Age ideologies say that anger is a negative emotion that you shouldn't feel it therefore they're doing the what's called what's known as spiritual bypassing where they're not they're actually not allowing themselves to feel the the negative emotions at all and they're actually suppressing them and we talked about how like bottling up your emotions is like shaking a coke bottle and that's why you walk around on a hair trigger there but then in this in this uh you know context you can see the sort of the other side of it where instead of uh suppressing it you're you're feeling it all the time and you're actually just staying stuck there and you're not allowing it to flow so both are different forms of stagnation so mm-hmm. what the what the the goal here what the bullseye of how to manage your emotions especially the the difficult ones the challenging ones is to feel them and feel them fully and deeply and really just completely re- sort of surrender to them i guess is a good word uh, because you know you're not you're it's like clinging to a live wire you know it's burning the shit out of you but it's actually your own muscles that are clinging to it right so in, in both ways you want to feel them fully but then let them go and release that and just move the fuck on with it and you know that's that's mm-hmm. sort of the two the two sides of that there right because you know when we we stay stuck in this doom and gloom mindset a lot of times when when we're operating from a place like this you know we not we mentioned you know we forget to see the happiness in the world but what they really forget to do is you forget to look at and see all the joy, all the good things going on in the world. Like, mm. I mean, there's, I've seen so many beautiful things in my life, you know, from, you know, uh, you know, up in the Rocky mountains or seeing the redwoods. I mean, I've experienced so many wonderful things, the smile on my son's face every day. The fact that every moment I get a breathe in and be inspired. So right now, if you, if you feel like you're stuck in a doom and gloom mindset, stuck in conspiracy, take a fucking second, breathe, breathe in. And if yes. you can do that, there's something to be joyful about. There's something to be happy about. Right. You know, that, that's a beautiful You're alive. You can be inspired. Exactly. So mm-hmm. make sure you don't get stuck to where you're cutting yourself off from all the joy or you're forgetting to look at all the good in the world. Because, yeah, there's some really shitty people out there doing really absolutely fucking disgusting, horrible things in the world. But there's also people out there that are doing really wonderful, amazing, truly heart-based right. things. That Great acts of kindness and generosity and, and it's, you know, community and people supporting each other. There's so much good in this world, man. Right. So it's not just this black and white thing. Both, right. into, you know, to tie back to our other episode. It's all here on planet Earth. It's just <laughs> this one little blue marble 
all you know this this has blown my mind before just thinking about this but like think of literally anything you can think of you know just random like uh some restaurant you've been at somebody you once knew uh you know windsurfing skydiving just whatever everything that you can possibly think of has transpired and is happening all on this one place we call earth together you look at the moon dude that's the same moon that shakespeare looked at and wrote his plays and stuff i mean like how cool is that like this is just this tiny little speck uh, you know in this grand scheme of things but look what great and terrible things that we've accomplished and and have transpired here so you know and, and that's uh, this is something I really wanted to convey in the artwork that I created for both of these episodes where, you know, last week, if you see, it's this lady meditating and she's got all these zombies coming up behind her. So it's almost like she thinks that if she just meditates and thinks happy thoughts, that all that evil is just going to go away. In, in fact, she's leaving herself totally vulnerable, you know, in that situation on the flip side, if you look at the, uh, you know, the artwork for this one, it's, you know, this guy who's in an absolute utopian paradise, paradise, you know, there's, there's flowers and rays of sunshine and it just be- lush beauty all around him. But he's so stuck in his fear-based mindset that he's just like living in that fear. You know, mm-hmm. I think that really, really like, you know, conveys what we're getting at here pretty, pretty perfectly. If I do and say again, so. it comes back down to sovereignty and free will that, you know, you have the ability to make choices to put in a, you know, a cause out in the universe that will have an effect. So what choices are you going to make? Since the potential for both is right. there, you as the individual have the right and all the power to be able to take choices and actions to create as much of that reality as you want. And how much effort and willpower that you have behind that determines how successful you're going to be. Right. Very good point. Yeah, because you know it's just as much about holistic consciousness and seeing the world for what it truly is and exactly as it is but yet also knowing that you always have the power within you to be the change that you want to see to create the world that you desire to live in one day at a time and one action at a time you're balancing those two things too. see the world as it is but make the world as you wish it to be you know exactly absolutely yeah. Um, you know, and another big one that we can we can see this uh, play out with is uh, the idea of nationalism. You know, uh, where you know a lot of people with uh, nationalism will will take the stance that you know, um, you know anybody who's not a member of my you know country or anybody you know big one in America, obviously not so much in the rest of the world, but any you know anybody outside of my country or you know they must not be free or they just must not it must not be as good as us and there's kind of this doom and gloom uh perspective that they take on the rest of the world but not on their own country mm. you know so that I think that's kind of an interesting little thing to observe. Would you like to kind of riff on that for a minute Logan? Absolutely. Yeah, this is one of those things that I thought of after we did our black and white episode. And I was like, oh, man, I wish we had got that one in there because that's such a perfect, you know, uh, example of this. Um, You know, again, taking it back to what it really means is absolutism. And just think about the sort of blanket statements that get made about nationalism and and different countries, you know, like we kick their ass or, you know, uh, Germany attacked, you know, Poland or whatever. Germany 
I'm pretty sure the mountains didn't reach up and smack Poland like Germany. What is Germany? You're talking about a whole group of people on a arbitrarily designated group, you know, uh, a portion of the, you know, the earth here. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, it, it, it's it's collectivism, you know, really, if you want to look at it that way. Um, so, like, you know, they hate us for our freedoms is a big one. Well, they they hate the government or they hate me because I'm not America and the, you know I don't I, I don't support the government and the go- government sure as hell doesn't represent me. So to just put us all under this blanket term of America, you know, that's just fallacious thinking and and that's the kind of stuff that needs to absolutely you know be done away with. But you you know uh, in context of this talk, you can definitely see how that's being used to manipulate us. Where you know the news is constantly talking about what the uh, other scary countries or even religions, you know, Islam did this and China did that and Russia did Russia, that. Yeah, yeah, my Russia, it, you know, and it's all just this fear mongering of your, you know, you're fearing other people that are just humans like you and me. Most people are good. Most people just want to have abundance of family, friends, and you know, wealth and joy and things like that. Like we're not all that different as the the you know the rulers, so to speak, would want us to believe. And so we need to be able to see through these bullshit facades and, and veils of illusion that they're trying to keep over our eyes to keep us fighting each other instead of uh, instead of the real enemy. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent point. We are humanity, and they are anti-humanity. Like, everything they are is anti-human. So why are we going to fight our fellow human beings for those people that are so psychopathic? They are they are like reptilians. I'm not saying they're actually... interspecies predators. Yeah. yeah. Like we, yes. you know, we've talked about before. They're an interspecies predator. So why would you play into their hands with that mindset? Um, and, you know, this, is, this next one is a, another subject that obviously is a been used as a massive tool for manipulation and and polarizing people to different sides Uh, and that's uh the idea of you know climate change and global warming and these things this is a big subject here that we've seen a lot of people uh again and this ties back in the black and white episode where people will take you know just a very extreme stance on one side or the other they either don't believe in it at all or they believe you know in it totally and the world's gonna end in 10 or 12 years or you know just a very extreme kind of you know, alarmist mindset when we can see that, you know, it's both that obviously there are some major issues on our planet. Uh, the, tr- the amount of trash we're putting to the ocean, the way we're using monoculture to destroy our soil, the way we're utilizing water and resources are absolutely out of alignment with cosmic law and are causing a huge amount of harm, not only to the planet, but to the plant and animal life on it. But at the same time, it isn't just to the total extreme that, you know, a lot of the the UN side scientists or a lot of the people we can see on the far left here will get very kind to the point of psychosis almost about it if you disagree with them on it, right. you know, about anything. Yep. And, you know, and it's just this absolutist statement on either side where if you, you can look, you can see the evidence that like, yes, there's a lot of harm being caused, but we could also look and see that Earth goes through very natural planetary cycles that there are ice ages and warm ages and there are shifts between those and that we're going through one of these at this time. Mm. And we, we can look back through the geological record at the evidence, you know, and objectively observe and look at this. Um, so, you know, to, to understand, to not take a, a total mindset. And again, you know, tying more in with this episode of the doom and gloom mindset, the idea that, you know, it's all just 
the whole planet's fucked and it's just going to be totally destroyed and there's not anything we can do to fix it um, and things like that. That's a very kind of doom and gloom world worldview. And you see that being played on, especially by the political left, as a way of keeping people in, in fear. You know, like obviously we had like AOC with her her new Green Deal that was coming out. And, and it's, it's just another form of mind control. It's a way of uh, a perfect example of a Hegelian dialectic. They're creating a problem or a perceived problem, which will then garner a reaction, and then they will step in with their solution, which is really just them pushing people the way they want them to go. Right. So be vigilant. Agenda 21, things like that. Use discernment and, you know, then find out where you need to stance. You don't need to just take an immediate stance on something. It's okay to say, I'm not sure yet. I would like to look at more evidence. I'd like to do more research. Um, Right. Yeah, and, and man, th- this hit me pretty hard, you know, uh, just now, is looking at this from a, a sort of another uh, dichotomy dialectic where climate change is sort of like uh, a very liberal left, you know, aspect, and then uh, um, eugenics is a very kind of like Nazism, right, right-leaning thing. But those two things are used uh, in tandem with a, a very similar... Um, agenda and and in a way it's like political original sin where it's still fueling that misanthropic human hating uh mindset that we're just a virus you know we're destroying the planet overpopulation yeah Yeah. overpopulation there's too many of us you know is 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 just feeding right into that agenda because they do want to reduce the population they do want to move us you know study agenda 21 this really uh, something you know that needs to be uh you know being brought into everyone's awareness of of like what the sort of aspect of the global agenda is there is that they're using climate change and things like weather manipulation to actually herd people in droves in mass out out of and into different geo geographic locations and they eventually want to have everybody in these very isolated human only zones and everything else is like no man's land and it's these you know ecological you know that's that's a bit off topic but you know i'm just i'm just touching on that but you know i I just wanted to point out that dichotomy of climate climate change global warming and eugenics left and right serving the same exact agenda and they're they're, the the left and right is just an illusion they're all in it uh together it's like you know the wwe guys that act like they they're ripping each other's faces off and then they're backstage you know having a beer and having a laugh because they're all playing the same game you know right um yeah and this you know another one we can look at here and this is one that we we kind of hit on last week with the whole new age love and light it's the the worldview of looking at you know negative or difficult emotions as negative you know where that's really that that sets you up for a pretty doom and gloom worldview because if you want to be realistic with yourself you're going to be experiencing those sometimes so if you think that you know you're a human being and then there's this range of emotions and you've demonized half of them you know you're really setting yourself up for a place that every single time you're feeling one of those you're then going to feel worse about yourself because then you're thinking oh i'm not staying in love and light i'm i'm on a low i'm stuck in a lower vibration or i'm stuck in a lower state of consciousness because i'm feeling sadness or anger whatever that may be and then it's this vicious cycle 
you know, and mm-hmm. then these things, you know, and then out of that, they try to suppress it more and then it gets into the subconscious and the unconscious. And then it only guarantees that it will manifest more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're really setting yourself up for a worldview that will only become, you know, darker and darker because you're, you're looking at those that way. Whereas if you can look at them from the empowered mindset that these are just emotions, these are a human experience that we have and that anger and sadness are just as important as, you know, happiness and joy. You know, there's a a really great kids movie out there called inside out that if if people haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. But that was really one of the main lessons in the movie that, you know, there's the, the, as a short summary, the, the whole movie takes place in like this little girl's head and each one there's, you know, each one of the emotions is different characters. So there's joy and anger and sadness and all these different ones. And, you know, sadness throughout the movie is kind of touching some of these little balls that contain memories and turn, you know, turning them to where those memories are becoming sad and all the other emotions, especially joy is kind of getting, you know, frustrated with her. They don't really understand the point of sadness. Why is she here? She's always just kind of bumming things out. But then later on, there's a character in the movie that, you know, he's experiencing some of that and joy tries to cheer him up, but then sadness just comes and sits with him and is like, Oh, I, you know, I bet you do miss that. I bet that was really sad. And then all of a sudden, Joy understood that, you know, that's why that was there, because that was an emotion that was just as important as Joy, and she needed to be there. Um, so great little movie that, you know, very much gets at what we're talking about here in, in this specific point. So recommend people go check that out for sure. Right on. Yeah. And I mean, like, really think about what is the purpose of our emotions as well? Is the point of life just to be happy all the time, or is it to learn those hard lessons and have, you know, experience what they call growing pains. You know, there's a reason Mm -hmm. growing pains is it's uncomfortable because you're pushing outside the limits of your comfort zone. And, and really what are negative emotions there for, but to tell you that there's something wrong. So how are you ever going to fix the problems of the world? If your emotional compass is not telling you, uh, giving you know, the, that red buzzer saying like something's very wrong here, you should feel angry when you see those police brutality videos and you f- should feel sad when, you know, they're shooting people's dogs and you hear them crying and stuff like that. I mean, that's horrible. But guess what? Emotion creates motion. You're, what you care about is what moves you and motivates you to take action. So. Right. By only seeking joy in life, you're you're sort of actually being very lazy and, and irresponsible because you need to feel connected to humanity as a whole. You know, yes, see to your own needs and, and protect your own individual rights, but also realize that we're a human family and we're very much all in this together. And I think that, I mean, if we could just master that one thing and really truly understand it and live it, I mean, think about how much better the world would be if we were all sticking up for each other and you know cooperating and and joining forces instead of being what we are now just fighting each other over the dumbest shit you know Mm -hmm. absolutely and from the you know from the magical perspective here as we obviously like to bring this up at the wizard factory you know some of those you know emotions that you may consider darker like anger or deep depression or whatever those may be those carry a very intense and very powerful charge to them that when you can become aware of it, allow yourself to experience that, you can then utilize that charge for your magical workings, for your manifestation that you're wanting to create. I mean, as a person, you know, my in the Vedic tradition, I'm a Pisces ascendant and my moon sits in the eighth house and in the Western, I'm, I'm a quadruple Scorpio. So I, 
emotions and kind of digging into the deeper, darker things of life that are really intense. That's something that my mind spends a lot of time at, but that also gives me so much access and ability to bring into my magical practice and what I'm wanting to create that that's something that I absolutely utilize and tap into. So why would you cut yourself off from that charge? You know? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, like, um, this is another big one that, you know, again, I definitely experienced firsthand and Brian, you might have as well is this concept that the occult is evil and scary and, you know, it's dark sided, you know, uh, part of that, part of my awakening, you know, you first you you see, you know, for me personally, and you know, I'll just take it back to anecdotally, you know, I, I, I first learned about 9-11 and the Federal Reserve scam and like, you know, microchip RFID, mark of the beast kind of stuff. And then, you know, that was my first red pill. And then as I started looking into it, you know, I got into guys like Jordan Maxwell and things like that. And you know, I, I don't know necessarily that this was Jordan Maxwell's intention or Michael Tessarian or any, any of those guys, you know, but when you start studying this symbolism, oftentimes they only talk about what the dark occultists are doing, but they're not so much talking about the occult itself or all of the profound, deep spiritual wisdom that it contains and in, in the empowering knowledge that it contains too, because look, here's the bottom line, man. The people that run this, this, the, the power structures, the, the control system are dark occultists, right? They have this hidden knowledge of, of the, the, the dynamics and the laws of nature that are knowable by anyone, but they're, they're not easily seen, but are discoverable. And it, it, it's pertaining to the way that the universe works and the way the human mind works. And this is why they are so powerful in their way it's why they're able to manipulate people so easily is because they know us inside and out and taking it back to know thyself, they know us way better than we know ourselves as a whole in the aggregate. That's a, that's a generalized uh, statement there. Most people haven't the slightest clue about how their own psychology works, how the, the trivium, I mean, just these basic things that are so fundamental to living an empowered life and to creating the life that you want, essentially. And, you know, and so like I went through that whole thing where anytime I saw the all seeing eye, I was like, oh, it's satanic, it's dark sided, you know, and then, you know, that's just a very childish and fear based mindset I now realize now that I've actually looked into it for myself but just just to throw this out there consider that if if they are using this secret knowledge to create this power differential think of you know uh, two fighters one has been studying the art of boxing for 40 years and the other guy's just like oh I'm just gonna punch him real hard in the face right who do you think is going to win that? Even if the uh, other guy was super ripped, right? And the other guy's all scrawny and stuff, that knowledge is going to win out most of the time. Um, so what better way to deter the masses from looking into it, but by convincing them that it's evil or that it's either hocus pocus or that it's inherently bad. And so mm -hmm. they're either going to just say, Oh, that's just a bunch of nonsense. You know, that's, that's just like, you know, some crazy people or whatever, or by thinking, oh, God doesn't want us to do that. You know, that that's sorcery. That's, you know, that's playing tampering with, you know, the devil and demons and all this kind of stuff, which 
there is an aspect to the occult that deals with you know invoking spirits and and things like that but that's a small sliver of the entire pie of of what the occult actually is it does not represent it by any means right right absolutely yeah that's that's one we definitely see a lot of people especially very early in their stages that they they very much will go through that and like you know they see the all-seeing eye or they'll see you know something like this and then think it's all satanic when you know originally this is a this is a pagan hand gesture you know or mudra for warding off evil where a lot of people will think that's invoking satan and that's the exact opposite you know you're grounding the energy down so Ooh. yeah it's just like the uru's rune exactly so which is the uru's rune represents the wild ox the bull and that 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 strength and what does a bull do whenever it you know is going after somebody to protect itself but it turns its horns down you know because it's so charging, you know yeah very pagan thing but a lot of people will take it especially you know and again this kind of ties back in when we talk about a lot of the people coming to the truth movement or getting stuck in conspiracy theories are coming from a christian background so anything that they aren't familiar with or anything that's coming from like a pagan or animist tradition they automatically will throw the label of, of satanic on it without actually recognizing that there there's a discernment there to be had you know um and it's not just this white or black thing that, you know, this, this knowledge is a tool that can be used either way. It's the willpower and the intention behind it that determines what is being done with it. Right. And uh, before, before we move on, I, just, just for the listeners who may not be familiar with the occult, uh, I wanted to just kind of offer a few basic uh, starting points that maybe you can look into that are very easily accessible to you if you're interested in looking into it, because let's, you know, just, just, like, like I said before, their knowledge is what's create, keeping us, you know, at a lower, uh, at a disadvantage, essentially. And so the only way to even the playing field is to be armed with the same weapons, so to speak, or knowledge that they are. So, again, the occult is not inherently bad. It's all in how you use it, same as a gun. Gun could be used to save a life or take a life, you know, depending on what your willpower is. Um, so, you know, for those interested in looking, uh, looking more into it, just to, just to rattle a few names off, you know, very easily accessible on YouTube, listen to some lectures from, say, Manly P. Hall. Uh, Mark Passio does a really great uh, presentation called Demystifying the Occult, and he, he just sort of briefly touches on all the major traditions in there. Um, let's see, Sethicus Boza, Black, uh, sorry, the channel Black Earth Productions. And, you know, granted, that's it's very in-depth. It may not it may be a little too heavy for beginners. But, hey, if you're that type of person that likes to just go right in, you Wonderful know, that's a resource resource there. Um, can you maybe Michael Tessarion or Jordan Maxwell, you know, just mm -hmm. to, again, just to get you started. I just wanted to right. throw that there. Yeah, there, there's so much. And, and this is the thing with this this knowledge. When you take the action uh, in the universe, like you're going to get responsible when you start actively seeking this knowledge you're go to start noticing these resources, these people, these connections start showing up in your reality field that are going to just lead, help lead you one step at a time deeper and deeper into it. Um, the next thing that we, we really wanted to, you know, hit on here um, is, you know, kind of making sure that we look at some solutions for, you know, how to get out of this this mindset, how to not view everything from this negative or this poisoned worldview that it, everything's all doom and gloom. And the first one, you know, that, you know, we've talked about obviously here is 
knowledge, you know, not only under looking into that occult knowledge, and that includes the knowledge of the microcosm, what is going on within yourself and your own psychology, knowing thyself, but also the macrocosm and understanding the universal laws, the, the larger dynamics in play, and that through the law of correspondence, you can see how these are reflections of each other. So it starts with knowing thyself, you know, learning, you know, getting into astrology, you know, and the runes. So I start learning your own system mechanics and how you operate as an individual, because you need to have that, that basis. If you don't understand how you operate psychologically, you know, not only just as a person in general, but as an individual, you're going to be at a disadvantage and people who do have that knowledge are then going to be able to manipulate you. Um, so it starts with coming back to knowing thyself. Right. Which reminds me uh, of another resource, you know, I can offer is uh, check out the Kabbalion. It's a you know, really great book. There's audio books on, on YouTube. You can mm-hmm. listen to it, you know, um, just those, you know, there's a lot more to natural law, but those hermetic principles are very fundamental knowledge, you know, and, mm-hmm. and once you start unlocking that, you will really start seeing them in effect all over the place, all around you at all times. And, you know, right. just that is such a, a magical discovery process, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and, you know, more of the solution. So, you know, it's starting with knowing thyself, but then also, you know, for me, stepping, you know, definitely out of the like Abrahamic traditions or the Gnostic mindset or things like this and going more into the animist and pagan polytheistic mindset, um, we start seeing that, you know, getting out of where you're looking at everything. And as we talked about in a previous talk, everything in this black and white, you know, uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, not to say that black and white do not exist, but there's also gray. Like if there are two extremes of a pole, guess what has to exist in between though? Different Mm -hmm. gradients and mixtures of those, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So getting out of that black and white mindset or that that need to have a knee-jerk reaction to go into an absolutist statement and things is very helpful for being able to step yourself out of one of these, you know, polarized views uh, that are keeping you in balance. Um, so being able to look at both extremes and then look and find the balance, you know, in between there, being able to see the nuance and understand things from a holistic viewpoint, I'd say be the next really big step, you know. Right. And it, and I, I would add as well to shed the fear. You have to shed yes. the fear. Got to yeah, get out of that. Um, you know, again, be informed, take action, you know, yeah, eat, you know, eat cleaner food, like do what you can to lessen the effects of what is being done to us on a mass scale, but get out of that fear of, of just like, you know, and even like, I still struggle with this. Every time I see a police officer, even if I'm not doing anything wrong, I get really uncomfortable, especially if say like, you know, a few years back when I would drive around and I'd have like a little bit of herb with me or something like that, you know, I shouldn't feel fear for having a a medicinal plant on me. And yet, you know, it's the programming, you know, Mm -hmm. these are people that carry guns around and they're known, unknown to be emotionally unstable and trigger happy. Like it is a rational fear to some degree, but the more that you become empowered uh, and the more that you're embracing this, um, this lifestyle, this mentality that we promote so often here of being that spiritual warrior, the first thing that, you know, especially if you're looking at the ancient world and the way that they train their warriors, that's the first thing they do is they, they exaggerate the fears to such a point that you lose it. 
right? So if you're at, uh, if you're really afraid of heights, you go skydiving and then you're not afraid of heights anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you have to shed that. Right. Because, yeah. because like I said before, the entire control system runs on fear. So as soon as you have eliminated that, they don't have that, that leverage on you to control you anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You want to get out of that victimhood mindset. That's, you know, obviously one of our, our major themes here at the wizard factory is getting out of the victimhood mentality because it, it is a mind killer. Um, and again, you know, this, this ties into the solution is being able to step into being a place of being empowered, inspired and encouraged, which is why we use that as our, our little tagline. And if, if you don't understand what I mean by that, we have an episode called that specifically that you can go back and check on and, and we relate that to the, the trivium method and, and what we really mean by that. Um, and this, this can relate right into our next point here of, of like how, how the fear is being used to control us and how shedding your fear makes you sort of immune to their manipulations is that the, the single greatest physical threat to humanity ever known throughout history and to this day is statism and mm-hmm. death by government. And the, the, uh, the reason that it still exists is because most people believe that it's a necessary evil because people are either too dumb, or too evil, you know, too scary and, and, and ill-intentioned to be trusted with freedom. Therefore, we need to put people who can't be trusted into power over the rest of us. You know, that makes no sense. And again, it's, it's feeding on your fear of your neighbors, you know? <clears throat> in wanting you you're so scared of what they're going to vote it you into that you're going to vote first and and impose your will on them instead just because they live a lifestyle that you don't agree with even though they're not hurting a fucking soul you know right that's the little mini me psychopathic mindset that they've kind of installed in us from from day one well and for me that you know that goes back to obviously you know statism at at its root is built off of this doom and gloom mindset that, you know, people are evil or people, you know, kind of like the Christian mindset that original sin. So you need Jesus or, you know, the Lord to save you. Well, with statism, you just need government to save you. But what it all comes back to is the belief that you as an individual are empowered enough to take, you know, to take care of yourself. That you need a protector, fatherly protector person to preside over you. Right. And again, this, for me, you know, people that are falling into that, the reason they're afraid of their neighbor, that's just their projection. What they're really afraid of is their self because they don't know thyself. So then they take that, oh, well, I have these issues or I have these thoughts. So everybody else must be like that as well. So they can't be trusted. It's all people who don't trust themselves. When you step into a place of knowing thyself, being empowered, you recognize not only do you have that ability to do that, but other people do as well. So staying in a place of fear of them all the time, what they might do, and then advocating for something like statism, you know, that's, that's really a disempowered mindset. You know, it's a very doom and gloom mindset to think that, you know, human beings are so, you know, animalistic or uncontrollable that we literally have to put a small group of us in charge to control the rest of us and to violently punish us if we do something that the group doesn't, you know, deem correct. Right. Totally. And, um, you know, another way we can see this sort of doom and gloom mindset and, and another sort of black and white absolutist uh, way of thinking is looking at technology 
mm-hmm. thinking that it's all out to get you. It's all about, you know, Big Brother spying on you and they're tracking you and, and <laughs> listening to your phone calls and all this kind of stuff. Um, but again, it's, it's like how we said, we're forgetting all the good in the world forgetting all the, the the amazing ways that technology actually improves our life as well and it's it's a two-edged sword and it it's and largely can be up to you and how you use it in your own personal life you know mm-hmm. i i personally you know use technology for all sorts of awesome things you know recording music in more sophisticated ways you know uh hell cryptocurrency man that's a prime example of how that can go either way because that could very easily become uh the the new world order currency you know that that digital global currency that they've been talking about if that the world adopts a a a centralized banker coin like xrp for example or it could not only be something that solves the banking issue the fiat currency problem but it could blockchain itself could actually make the government obsolete if applied correctly this is just a possibility it's just a potential i'm not tool. talking about it. it's not a savior complex where crypto crypto is going to save us or whatever it's not like that but just like any tool like you said yourself tools are just potential power and the more potential power the more that it can actually create change in the world based on your intentions and how you wield it so um and again we'll, we'll be getting more into uh cryptocurrencies very soon as as sort of like a facet of the holistic empowerment and sovereignty mindset that we're trying to cultivate and promote here with the wizard factor. Uh, so you know definitely uh, be looking out for that but you know not to get too too into that for right. example but yeah brian you want to touch on the technology thing then yeah, you know, so, and this was something that, you know, I myself at one point struggled with. You know, I, I grew up as a country kid, so I didn't, you know, I didn't have a computer or the internet growing up or anything like that. And I was always kind of very hesitant of, you know, technology. I was like, oh, that's, that's something I'm not really interested. I just want to go live off in the woods by myself. And, you know, I went and did that, <laughs> dropped that and had that experience and it was great. Um, but then I also started you know, actually getting, you know, access to the internet for the first time in my life. And I, I mean, the amount of information that I was just exposed to that I, you know, I just became totally obsessed with it. And it has been probably the single greatest tool in my, in my journey for being able to reach out to make connections uh, and things like that. If it wasn't for technology, we would have never probably connected, you know? Um, so I mean, so many wonderful podcasts right now. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's a very useful tool. So to like, look at it from this only doom and gloom perspective of, you know, or it's all just going to be developed in, you know, it's going to become like Terminator. That's a very kind of fear-based mindset, you know, not to say that that isn't a potential or a possibility if those tools are misused. Again, we're not taking like an absolutist stance on things. We're recognizing that things have the potential for both and it's up to us to be able to, to use it, you know, um, and the next thing I wanted to hit on here is, you know, getting back into this, this doom and gloom mindset of, you know, and this can tie back more to conspiracies. Well, you know, and you may, if you're in kind of the freedom or the anarchist community, you may see this a lot or experienced it, you know, yourself, but where you, you see like all these evil stories out there, you know, the stories about pedophilia or the stories about, you know, animal cruelty or, you know, whatever, you know, horrible things are going on. But then you'll see, you know, some people kind of get stuck to where that's the only thing they'll share, you know, like, and we've talked about this before, go through and kind of review your timeline and see what song you're putting out there. Look at what you're putting out there. If you're only focusing on those things, 
maybe step back and consider that you're unconsciously trying to share all these evil stories as a way of giving your reflecting back to yourself that confirmation bias that you're looking for mm. to confirm that negative worldview that you do have. You know, so recognize that are you out there seeking and looking for information and ignoring the other things so you can give yourself a confirmation bias and can confirm your poisoned worldview. You know, and that works on the flip side as well with like, you know, the the new age and staying in the love and light. If you're only looking and focusing on that and you're ignoring everything else, you know, you're, both of them, you're doing a disservice to yourself, you know, and to other people around you. Right, because um, it's going to catch up to you eventually at some right. point. The more you ignore something, it's it's eventually going to, you know, be kicking down your door whether you like it or not. Right, That's absolutely. That works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, we can kind of look at this uh, this theme here in a way, like as we mentioned before with the bullies on the playground. Um, this do, this conspiracy mindset specifically is sort of getting so hung up on the what is rather than what could be, you mm-hmm. know, that, that untapped potential of remember that you are a creator with a lot of power that can, you know, degree, do great things and, and enact change in the world. And, and where is your focus? That's what you should be asking yourself. That's what I ask myself on a daily basis is what am I giving my energy and my attention to more so, you know, again, be holistic, look at the negative, be aware of what's going on in the world, but where are you really focusing your energy mostly on and specifically in what creative ways in, uh, in, in an outlet sort of way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another big one that we, we wanted to look at here, um, is hierarchy, you know, the, the idea, and we see this a lot in the anarchist community that they'll kind of look at any kind of hierarchy as just totally evil or from this kind of doom and gloom mindset. When, when we can look that, you know, nature does have hierarchy in it. Now we're not saying that everybody should be controlled or all everything. You know, if you're having that knee jerk reaction and you're being emotionally triggered because you think that's what we're saying, we're not step back and listen. You know, what we're saying though, is that, you know, an example would be, say you wanted to build a house. And there was someone that has, you know, 40 years of building experience, you know, they know what they're doing. And then there's another group of people there that don't really know. Well, yeah, you know, if you didn't want hierarchy, you could go through that and you could um, try through trial and error, learn all those mistakes and try to build that, you know, house yourself. Or you could also find someone that has that experience, that knowledge and put them in charge. And yes, they would delegate tasks. They would be the ones in charge of that project, but that not to the point that they're obviously like enslaving anybody. It's a right. voluntary hierarchy is what it comes back down to. There's, you know, free will and sovereignty are being honored. But to take the stance that all hierarchy is inherently evil, I think is kind of a an absolutist, you know, black and white kind of thinking that people can get stuck mm. in. Matter of fact, yeah, you can look like uh, specifically you see uh, communist sort of those type of mentality. People are the ones that have the biggest hang hangups with uh, hierarchies. Mm-hmm. And what do they have? A sense of entitlement because right. they have boundaries issues and they don't know where their their lines end. And so they think that because somebody put t- took their 40 years, like you said, of, of house building experience and, and gathered the resources to build this house, which costs money, you know, costs other resources to acquire this just because you put some labor into it, that you're entitled to partial ownership of that or that you get to, you know, 
be on an equal plane with the per, with the person who who's offering that as well in terms right. of this this concept of authority and who has the, the the final say you know in other words if if no one's forcing you you can hey you can get some money for your labor and be a part of this project but guess what if you don't like it or you don't like the way they're building the house and you think you can mm-hmm. do it better get your own wood and learn learn the craft yourself and do it yourself right if you think you can do better but mm-hmm. There's there's no uh, sovereignty violations in that at, at whatsoever. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. And the next big one that we we wanted to hit on here was uh, astrology. And there's a few things I I can get on here. So I'll probably be long winded. So forgive me ahead of time. <laughs> but, Take it so away, bro. With astrology, a lot of times people will take kind of just a doom and gloom stance on it in general. Uh, for example, a big one that we see is you know a lot of people whenever you know and it's retrograde right now whenever mercury goes retrograde people start like freaking out or blaming everything on it and it's just that's oh, such, the a, such an overs- meme right over oversimplified understanding uh, of astrology you know first off you know uh mercury retrograde is not going to have the effect on every single person the same if you want to understand how it's going to affect you you need to see first off where is it in your natal chart where is it in your birth chart for you you know see which sign it falls into which house it falls into which nakshatra which pada all of those are going to add a layer of depth and understanding to it you know and then again you could even take that further and look at like which uh dasha mahadasha and you know different time periods that we have in Vedic astrologies, which, you know, what planet is being activated there. Um, so, you know, if you're in your like Mercury Mahadasha or something, yeah, Mercury retrograde might affect you really seriously. You know, you it might have some kind of strong effect in a certain area of your life, but it's also not going to just totally fuck up everything. You know, like everybody has their, their Mercury, it falls into a certain sign, a certain house in their chart so it's going to affect that area of their life it's not just going to like you know whereas everybody just makes like kind of a general statement of oh this messed up so it must have been mercury retrograde you know that's something or you know another planet that we see a lot of people will take a you know a doom and gloom perspective on is with like with saturn because saturn's that big heavy planet that puts pressure on you and it teaches you the hard lessons about cosmic law so a lot of people will then be like oh you know you know, Saturn is going retrograde or, you know, or what, whatever it may be, or, oh, I have Saturn and, you know, this position in my chart. So I'm all, I'm always going to have a, a problem. Go ahead. So let's not, yeah, let's not forget that, you know, tying it back to the whole conspiracy thing of, of this thing is, is like, you know, the, the, the Saturn cults, the, you know, right. all the Saturn alien um, symbolism with the, 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 what the judges that wear black and then right. the, black, the black cube of Mecca and all these kind of stuff is like, again, it's it's similar to the whole occult thing to begin with is it's being used for negative purposes doesn't mean that saturn is necessarily an evil planet or something like that it's just it's the cosmic judge it's the it's the laws of nature that are you know it's sort of that kali dynamic where uh kali or mother hella in the norse tradition isn't inherently good or bad she can you know hella can appear as a beautiful woman or as a corpse as a reflection of you so that would be a projection where you're just seeing saturn as this negative thing is because you're not in alignment with natural law and it's putting that thumb on you and squishing you right yeah exactly you know like and you know 
there, there's a lot of different, you know, placements where, you know, people like with astrology, they'll make an over, oversimplified thing, you know, um, and they'll look at just one sign or one planet and, and then they'll just start, you know, extrapolating their whole life off of that. And in astrology, you should never, ever jar, judge a chart based off of just one aspect. If, if there's anything I've learned as astrologer, if there's a challenge or something difficult in the chart, there's always a solution there as well. And many times those are the same thing. You know, for example, you know, my, I've talked about my moon is in the eighth house, you know, in in the sign of Libra. So I may feel a lot of those eighth house energies, you know, and for those aren't familiar, the eighth house in astrology deals with, you know, uh, death and rebirth, sudden changes. It deals with secrets, you know, the, the gutter of society, all the hidden stuff, the hidden trauma, you know, it deals with alchemy, mysticism, astrology, you know, all these different things. Um, but a lot of people, a lot of times would have a, a kind of a, if they just saw that the boon was in the eighth house, they'd be like, oh, you must have experienced a lot of like emotional trauma and ups and downs in your life. And yeah, that's something that's true. I may, a lot of times my mind does go really dark or I may experience some really heavy ups and downs. But at the same time, as I was talking about before, there's a lot of charge with those. So if I just wanted to take a victimhood mindset and just sit back like this is happening to me, and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, I could see that from a doom and gloom perspective. But if I want to take it from the empowered mindset and recognize that, yes, this is a challenge that I chose for myself because it's going to give me certain experiences. And now I can choose to be empowered, inspired and encouraged and to act with that, to use that energy and that charge in the most efficient way possible. And another big lesson that I've learned through astrology and especially over the last years, I've been working more with Venus and uh, Venus happens to be my Dharma Davidson planet, which is, you know, my planet that helps me with my unconscious mind, helps me walk my Dharma, stay on my path, you know, and the representation of Venus in the Norse tradition is mother is Freya, you know, so some of the things I've been learning from this is that, you know, in astrology, there are certain houses, there are certain signs, positions, chakras that deal with things like wealth and material pleasure and, you know, all these different you know, physical things, these earthly things. And it, to me, it made me really realize and get out of that mindset of like, we're talking about the doom and gloom mindset where I'm thinking like all movies are evil, or if you're going after material pleasures, it's, it's not spiritual. Or if you're wanting to bring in abundance and have money, somehow that's unspiritual. Well, when I recognize and look at astrology that, you know, a a planet, there's entire planets, there's houses and signs that deal with these things to accept that mindset would be to like say that those are inherently evil themselves. You know, that's denying not only a part of your existence, but of the universe and saying that, Oh, you know, this, you know, that that's the material realm or that deals with wealth or money or pleasure. So that must be unspiritual. Mm -hmm. That's, that's denying entire parts of the chart of the solar system and of yourself. Because remember all of these things that are without are also within you. You know, there, there's a correlation between those two with the law of correspondence. So recognizing that, you know, Venus very much, you know, deals with having the pleasure, enjoying things in life of of this physical reality field. And that in some people's charts, it might be a lot more prominent than in others. Like, you know, for example, like my, my Venus, you know, will sits in Sagittarius um, in my ninth house. So for me, what brings me joy and pleasure is digging into the esoteric matters and things like that and traveling and doing those ninth house matters. But if other people, they might have, you know, their Venus in 
you know, their first house or their second house where it's going to, you know, and it might be like, say, their Venus falls in the sign of Taurus or something. That's very much going to give them a disposition to where they're going to want to enjoy the good things in life. They're going to want to enjoy the fine food and the wealth and the entertainment and the good clothes and all the beautiful things, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Because if I, if I was to take that mindset or that stance, when I'm looking at someone's chart, I would be having to look and say that like, oh, well, you know, you're you enjoying wealth. That that must mean, you know, you're inherently evil. And what it would actually make people do is kind of like hate parts of themselves, because then if they're coming from the mindset that, oh, you know, to be spiritual, I have to be this minimalist or I can't go after things that give me wealth or pleasure. Or that's all mind control but this is something that's in my chart, they would take it as, oh, well, I'm, I must have bad karma or that's a lesson I'm supposed to be learning. Rather than looking at it from an empowered mindset that it's totally okay and just as spiritual to have that experience and it's something to be embraced. Like I know, Logan, when I first did your consultation, you know, there, there were some, some things like that came up in, in your chart. You know, you have some very strong Venus energy and as well as your 11th house has a lot of, a lot of things going on with it. So that would have, you know, if I would have like, came at it from that perspective as an astrologer, you know, that would have kind of made you feel guilty about parts of yourself rather than, you know, coming at it the way I did, where it's like, you know, this is, this is just part of who you are and it's totally okay. And it's just as spiritual as someone who's spending all their time in the ashram or, you know, going, you know, seeking, you know, that deep, dark occult knowledge, you know, there, there's both of them are spiritual experiences and one isn't better than the other. Right. Wow, man, very well said. And uh, um, I think the whole point of this is to say that everybody should uh, hit up uh, Brian for a astrology <laughs> because the man knows his shit, Thank right? Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I, I definitely intend on learning the science myself, and then we will both be uh, available to give those consultations. Currently, Brian is the one doing that right now. We can both give uh, room readings and the personal adaptive coaching consultations where I'm sort of picking up the slack where with the astrology side of things where I'm doing more of the coaching. In fact, uh, mm -hmm. I just got my first testimonial, which, uh, you know, is turned out really nice. So um, you know, and, and we offer all three of those in a bundle for a discounted price. You're practically getting the, the third service for free if you uh, purchase our uh, reflections package. So if you're uh, ready to, you know, get that one-on-one -on -one personalized instruction and, and initiation and sort of like learning more about yourself and the energies that you're working with and, and yeah. sort of, you know, ritual design specific rituals for you. That, yeah personally catered to what your specific energetic needs are, you know, that's, it's invaluable, you know, and, and again, we use these sciences on a daily basis ourselves as well. Um, for those who haven't checked out yet, our initiation package, it's a totally free download uh, that includes the toolbox video series, which is again, teaching you more uh, invaluable knowledge about uh, you know, invoking the runes about uh, casting your, your circle of protection and, and your, your, pure space for doing ritual and uh you know some breath work techniques and things like that by all means uh you know please check that out the link is below for the initiation package um and the phoenix package is also now available which sort of takes on some of those uh 
fundamentals but goes much more in depth and is certainly not for the faint of heart this is for the you know the people that are ready to just like really get serious and shake things up and uh bring about massive change very quickly you know and, yeah and, and it's uh, you know and that one's only only twenty dollars so if you're not you know wanting to get into some more some of the more in depth or in serious services that's a great place to start off of and in that we have different practices that it, it's specific that package is specifically designed to invoke radical transformation in your life so i you know i teach uh an advanced way of casting the circle the magi that's built off of what we taught in the free initiation package and then we also get into a certain spell that i teach that you know it is really all it's kind of like calling in a mini ragnarok or you know a, an alchemical transformation on yourself so very useful spell and then as well as some breath work and other meditative techniques that are used to kind of change your karmic and energetic ties with the past and things so you know very useful package and also very affordable right and and again that's called the phoenix package for a very good reason you know what right. is the phoenix but it bursts into flames like shit's gonna get <laughs> hot first but then from those ashes you'll be reborn anew so exactly you know, and i think that's gonna wrap us up this evening i think yeah. uh, you know this was a really good talk i, I you know mm -hmm. i really like a lot of the, the material that we covered so again if you uh, appreciate this content if you found it useful or valuable please help our channel to continue to grow by liking the, the video subscribing and clicking the notification notification bell so that you can see when we are uploading new uh content every single week consistently and um thank you guys for watching you mean the world to us we love you so very much and until next week please be empowered inspired and in Thank you for listening to the Wizard Factory Podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to explore deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves.